The Mishnais are in the middle of listing many of the conditions and agreements which are written inside of the Kasuba, and that even if a particular person didn't write this in the Kasuba, he would still be obligated, since the obligations which are written in the Kasuba are really laws which were instituted with Jabonon, and are not dependent on the agreement between the husband and the wife. There is an obligation of a Kasuba. And similarly, all the other things which we include in the writing of the Kasuba, the other agreements, were decreed by the Rabbonon, and are obligations even if a particular person did not write this inside of the Kasuba. Now we learnt earlier on in this Perek that one of the obligations of a husband towards his wife is that if she is captured, for example, by non-Jews, and they are demanding a ransom in order to free her, he is obligated to ransom her. That is the responsibility of the husband towards the wife, and the right which the husband has in exchange for this is that the products and benefits which come from her property, he is entitled to. For example, he would be able to eat the fruit which grow in her field. So says the Mishnah, If he did not write for her inside of the Kasuba, If you will be captured, I will free you, I will ransom you. Into, and I'll return you to me as a wife, and we'll continue living together as husband and wife. Uvakehenes, an issue is married to Koyain, in which case it will be forbidden for her to continue being married to him, since we are concerned that they forced her to have relations, in which case she is forbidden to be married to Koyain. So if he was a Koyain, then he would write, not that I will continue living with you, but rather, I'll return you to your original country, to your father's house, the main point being that I'm going to ransom you and bring you back home. So Chayev, he is nevertheless obligated, even if he did not write this down, Shutanai Beistin, since it is a condition made by Beistin, meaning the Rabbonon decreed this, regardless of whether they agreed about it at the time of the marriage. Mishnah Tess, as we said, Nishbeis, if she is captured during the marriage, Chayev Lifdaisa, the husband would be obligated to free her, to ransom her. Now what happens if Vim Omar, if he says, Hari Subasa, here's her get and her kasuba money, I'm going to divorce her now, she can take her kasuba money and tifte satsma. she can redeem herself, ransom herself, with the money which she gets from the kasuba. But I can't be bothered to deal with all of the ransoming. Says Mishnah Einu Rashai, he has not got permission to do this, and he is obligated to ransom her. On the other hand, Luxa, if she was afflicted with a certain illness, then of course Chavri Paisa, the husband is obligated to provide for her healing. This is including in supporting her. Just like he's obligated to provide food, he's also obligated to cure her. But in this case, if Omar, if he says when she gets ill, here's her get and her kasuba, she can take the money and terapis atzma. She can go and heal herself and pay for her own healing. In this case, Rashai, he has got permission to do so. And the obvious question is, what's the difference? Why is it that when it comes to ransoming her, he himself has to do it, whereas when it comes to paying for her healing and sorting that out and taking care of her, he's able to divorce her, and he's not responsible to deal with it himself. Surely he should be able to do that in the ransoming case as well. As soon as he divorces her, he's no longer got any responsibilities towards her. So there are different approaches to explain the difference, and one explanation is that the obligation to ransom her is in return, as we explained, for all of the benefits which he gets from her property. Now, throughout the marriage, he's been benefiting from the pay race, from the benefits of her property, and he has yet to repay this at all. So if she now gets caught and captured, and he divorces her, because of that, 
So he wouldn't have repaid her at all for all of the benefits which he got. So since they were married at the time that she was captured, he is the one who is obligated to ransom her and to sort that out. On the other hand, the obligation to support her and to heal her is in return for the fact that her maiseodayim, the things which she makes and earns, go to him. And throughout the marriage, they've both been receiving from each other. All her work and earnings go to him. And throughout the marriage, he has been supporting her. So anyway, whenever he divorces her, he'll stop supporting her at that point. And he's able to do that, he's able to divorce her. So since he has been supporting her until now, he's able to just stop whenever he chooses. And therefore he could technically divorce her and give her the kasubah and then she would have to sort herself out with regards to healing herself. Mishnah Yud, this Mishnah talks about one of the stipulations which is written in the kasubah known as kasubas benin dichren. What exactly is that? So when a woman gets married, she would often bring in some property into the marriage. That's known as the nadunya, which is a dowry where the woman's father puts in some property into the marriage and this would also encourage people to marry his daughter especially if it was a larger dowry, a larger nadunya. However, it reached a point where fathers stopped giving large nadunyas. Why? Because if the woman, if the wife dies before the husband, then the husband inherits everything which she has, including the nadunya, and of course the kasuba money which would have gone to her since she died first, so he gets to keep the kasuba money. Now, during the times of the Mishnah, a man could be married to multiple women, and so he would have had children and sons from different wives. And when he dies, all of his sons from his various wives would split up all of the inheritance and all of the possessions of their father. Now, it could be, let's say this this man was married to two wives, it could be that one of these women's fathers gave a very large nadunya, a very large dowry at the time of marriage, and one of them gave a very small dowry. And then let's say both women died, or the woman with the large dowry, the large nadunya, died. So she was inherited by her husband, and then her husband died. So all of the husband's property, which now includes the nadunya, is split equally between all of his children, all of his sons. So it comes out that the nadunya is split between all of the sons. But this would discourage fathers of the bride to give a large nadunya, because on the chance that his daughter will die before her husband, the nadunya will end up being split not only between her children, but also between the children which came from other wives. And the father of the bride wants the nadunya to continue only to his descendants, to his grandchildren, which came via his daughter. And because of that, the Chachon instituted Kasubas Benin Dichrin, which means that the Kasuba money, as well as the Nadunya and all of that property, if the woman dies first and then the man, the Nadunya and the Kasuba would be inherited only by the man's sons which he had from this woman. And that was in order to encourage fathers to give larger nadunyas and dowries. And the Mishnah tells us that loikos law, if he didn't write for her inside of the kasuba, that benin dichrin divyivay male children, sons which you will have from me, which we will give birth to, in unyirtun they will inherit ksafksubosich, the money of your kasuba, and that includes also the property which she brings into the marriage, the nadunya, yosal chulakain dimachehain, more than or apart from their portion which they will inherit with their half-brothers from their father's side, meaning all of the other property of the father that of course split equally between all of the sons from all of the wives. But the Subamani and the Nadunya, that would go specifically to her sons which she had from this man. So if he didn't write this in the Kasuba, Chayev he is obligated, Shutanai based in, because this decree of Kasubas Benin Dichrin 
is a condition and something established by Beistin and not dependent upon their writing in the Kasuba or agreeing about it. Mishnayot Aleph, if he didn't write, but non lukbon de yivyon lichiminai, the female children which you will have from me, to whom you will give birth from our marriage, yivyon yosvon bevesi, will live in my house, metazlom inichsai, and be fed and supported from my property, adis nasvon de guvrin, until they get married to other men, even if he dies while they are still young, they will be able to continue living in his house and be supported by the property which he leaves behind. If he doesn't write that chayef, he would still be obligated to tonight based in, since this is a condition and a decree of based in and the chachomim, and this is a necessary part of the agreement of marriage, which is binding upon him even if he did not write this down in the kasuba.